Well, let's start the show off right bloody now then. I know you've been recording the whole time, but guess what? The start of the show is right now. This is another edition of the Sucka Voice Radio Hour. Yep, got it right. I uh, have been in contact with a guy on Fiverr to get a theme song done. I text messaged you and said all we needed was a script because I didn't want to come up with it myself. But uh, some stuff has come up for both of us in the last couple weeks, so that has sort of flown the coop for a little bit. We will have a theme song. I promise you, Dave. I promise you we'll have a theme song next week. These things happen. You know, uh, things yeah. beyond our control. Um, you know, this is when God comes into play. And when God's hand comes down and, and uh, delivers the blow that he has delivered to both of us in the last couple of weeks, you know, sometimes you got to take, take a step back. And we, we, we took a break. We took a week off. We gathered ourselves. And we move forward. I don't think my ankle was God's doing. I think my ankle rolling over top of it busting it up, acting like a complete dimwit, um, was my own doing. I don't think God had anything to do with that. I'm actually literally sitting here right now in uh, my nice computer chair that leans back. I'm leaned back with my foot up on my desk with an ice pack wrapped around my ankle because my ankle is still swollen to shit. So that's what I'm doing. I'm talking to you right now. I'm leaned back, my foot is up on the desk, and I have the hockey game on the TV while we talk mixed martial arts on these microphones. That's, uh, that's, that's a pretty picture you've, you've uh, painted for our, our listeners. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. I, I know you, uh, you rolled your ankle playing uh, indoor soccer at warm-up at jiu-jitsu. No, not even indoor soccer. I know. I say football to all these people, and they think I'm talking soccer. It was actually football. American football. Pigskin. Yes, refer pigskin. To, refer to it. Okay, I'll re- moving forward, just so there's no, uh, you know, confusion, um... American football will now be called pigskin. And, I think that's the problem. Uh, Europe, yeah. European uh, <laughs> soccer will be called footy. So we got footy, there you go. Footy I think that's the problem. And because, pigskin. And know, then we can move forward. We all know what we're talking about. They're cute names. They're marketable. And we just move on. Exactly. And, I mean, it's a Brazilian sport that we both do. So saying football usually means Footy. Footy, yeah. I thought for sure you were playing footy. I didn't know it was actually uh, American football, a.k.a. Uh, pigskin. Pigskin so, was stupidity. Was it um, at kids' class? Were you, were you warming no, up? Like, no, what? it was at adult class. We had finished our warm-up. Is it full contact? Is it we, tackle? Is Was it touch? No, wasn't even anything like that. We were just doing, uh, what would you say? Uh, what did they call it? Ten and in, I guess? I would say fucking So around. you do... You you run, it was a competition, so there were two teams, like 10 guys on each team, and there was a quarterback. Oh, this was a true warm-up. Each... Oh, yeah, oh, it was okay. a true warm-up. We had the, finished our warm-up. Class. Yes, we had finished our whole warm-up. We were all good. We did our jumping jacks. We did our shrimping. We did all that other stuff that a standard jujitsu warm-up would be. And then we decided to have this competition, and the losing team would do 100 push-ups. So... 10 and in, I guess. So we run 10 yards out, cut in, quarterback throws the ball. After five minutes, the team that has the most catches wins. Well, guess what? We lost because we were one man down. 
I fell out of the competition when we had about 35 catches, and it was probably about two minutes into the competition. Did you know instantaneously that you had hurt yourself to a degree that you would be out for this long? I couldn't even get up off the mat. I literally, I was in the middle of the mat. Like we have three separate sort of rings or mat spaces that you could compete on. And I was in the middle one and I had to roll myself off of the mat because I felt, I definitely couldn't stand up. And I felt very, very nauseous to almost the point of passing out. You did end up having x-rays done, correct? I did. I had an x-ray done and I had a CT scan done. And they deemed that uh, it wasn't broken, but it's a severe, severe sprain, which uh, according to the doctor can take a hell of a lot longer to heal than a break. People come back early with a sprain, but the, the yes. but when a doctor tells you it's broken and they put a cast on it, then it's like people take that seriously. Most people don't take a sprain seriously. I never did as a kid. I would just uh, tensor bandage or tape my ankle up and I would continue to go skateboard. Uh, my ankles at this stage are, I would what considered uh, floppy loose. I have rolled them so <laughs> many times that I can literally, like, I'm sitting here in the chair. I can push my ankle down and roll my foot over so my ankle bone is touching the ground. Like, it can come, oh my it, God. both ankles can completely fold from the amount of times in my life I have rolled my ankles. And, and I've, I've been on the, the receiving end of a couple breaks. But um, yeah, these things, these injuries don't go away. Even a severe sprain like you've re- you've received today or you have right now, that'll be a yeah. lingering injury for years to come. Like you'll you'll injure it again quicker. It's yeah, I bet. Especially with you know the fossil-like age that we are uh, rapidly approaching. <laughs> That's the thing. Is the doctor? You know, he didn't. The shitty thing is, is they didn't give me a time frame, right? So he gave me this walking boot that I'm in right now. Well, not right now because I have ice on it. When I'm at home, I don't really wear the walking boot. But when I'm at work, I do and and stuff like that. And when I'm out doing other things, I, I wear that walking boot. But he didn't give me a time frame. He simply said, when you can walk on it without the boot and without it hurting, then you're pretty much good to go. If you can jump on it, you can do what you want to do on it. And I'm like, fuck there's no time frame or anything. Like, it could be a week. It could be three months. Who the hell knows? But I know right now that it still aches when I take the boot off. I can walk without the boot um, for the most part without it being too bad, but it definitely feels weak when I move it side to side. Like, I've never felt anything like it. I have rolled my ankle before. I've twisted my ankle before, but nothing to the point where it actually feels weak. It's just time, my friend. Just time. Yeah, I know. But what sucks is I, uh, my daughter went to gymnastics today, and I didn't feel like sticking around and watching, so I made my way over to Alliance Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to watch their kids' class go on over there uh, with Walter Boos. And uh, it sucks sitting on the sidelines watching people do jiu-jitsu when I really want to be on the mat myself. I recall, um, I think I was uh, maybe... Two years into my uh, my jiu-jitsu training, and I tore my labrum and had the surgery uh, and then came back uh, and sat and watched 
all of the warm-ups and drills with uh, while I was going through recovery. Didn't didn't roll, but and then, and then slowly slowly worked my way into um, uh, like the technique until um, until I could actually start to uh, live spar and stuff. But I but I didn't even like it was almost like I didn't take time off the mats because I just kept going back and watching. And absorbing and seeing, and not only that, I would, uh, I was, I was a bit of a jerk about it. I would look for flaws in other people's games while while they were rolling with people, so I could, uh, when I came back, <laughs> I could capitalize on those flaws, um, openings that they would leave, which is which is kind of mean, right? All I did was study. True, true, but you saw the openings, and you know what? That's what makes a smarter student. Um, now let's talk some fights. As we said, we, uh, took a week off. We haven't talked about a few things. This past weekend, what did we see? We saw Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, David Wilson Hayes, and this guy is arguably the best fighter, pound for pound, on this bloody friggin' planet. Would you not agree? uh, You know what? I think he's there. I think he's in the top five. Um, and this is why, and it's, it's competition. Um, somebody like John Jones, for instance, he, he went through murderers row. He literally, I think it was what, five champions or old, uh, old, like, uh, uh, previous champions. He beat to make, make his way up. He, he took, he took, uh, Bader's, uh, unbeaten streak away from him, um, he shocked the world in uh, his UFE, UFC debut against Stefan Bonner. People dismissed him in that fight. We were watching Bonner. Bonner's a, a workhorse. He's, he's just going to win this fight. And then and he shocked everybody with like his spinning back elbow. So like somebody like that, I think, is still, even though he's been active for the last little while, I still think without a doubt is the, right now, active fighters. Well, I guess man, they've got George. Mm. Okay. Let, uh, in a few minutes here, we're going to talk about George, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I think Demetrius has fought some of the best fighters in the world, though. Uh, obviously, not outside his weight class, like Anderson did. Um, but fighting Joseph Benavidez twice, fighting. But that's you know, the thing. I, I think out of the people, and and I, I'm stealing this, but. Of the people that Demetrius Johnson has beaten since his title run, maybe one, maybe two will make the UFC Hall of Fame. Whereas if you look at some of the other, if you look at what George went through when George was champion, he has, you know, like probably 10 guys that are going to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. I think he has a UFC Hall of Famer under his belt with Matt Hughes. Um, same, yeah. same with... Um, same with Anderson Silva. Same with John Jones. You know what I mean? So if you just, it's it's unfortunate, and, and once again, I'm stealing this from uh, somewhere else, but it's unfortunate that Demetrius Johnson is as good as he is, like, and probably the best in the world right now, probably, arguably, yet his division is nowhere near him, so it means nothing. Like he Do is, you think if he were he to go that, up... I think I think somebody like um, Demetrius Johnson is is an amazing fighter. I think uh, Henry um, how, do you, uh, Shigu, how do you say his last name? Cejudo. Cejudo is without a doubt an amazing fighter, but still 
if it's number if they're if they're two and three, they're two and three so far back just because that's how good Demetrius Johnson is. But the whole division is that far back. You know what I mean? There isn't. Yeah, he I hear. I hear what you're saying. So do you say so? If Demetrius moves up, 135 pounds, which he's cleared out this division. He There's needs absolutely his no Cormier. one else. He really you know needs I mean? to face. He but if he moves like up that. and he beats. So if he <laughs> if he moves up to thirty five and beats Cody Garbrandt or TJ Dillashaw, then what? Where does he fall into the mix? Do you would you put him at number two or would you rank him at number one? Because I think if he beats a guy like TJ or Cody, that's pretty arguable right there. Once again, divisions that aren't deep. They all they're both. Unfortunately, once again, it, you, same scenario in their divisions. We have Cody and we have TJ, but. For the most part, these divisions, they're just not as deep and the fighters aren't as well known. They're not as um, exposed, I guess you could say. So it's just the difference. I I think until you get up into the higher divisions where there's more of a a history to them, you know what I mean? It's hard to put him in that. Like we, we say John Jones is pound for pound or arguably pound for pound. Because of who he beat. And that's why. Demetrius, unfortunately, just hasn't beat those people. Cody and TJ are right now, they're going to start to build that division. They're going to start to have a rivalry. They're going to have to, they're going to start to do something that in those divisions and, and build a history. And unfortunately, the smaller divisions, not in, the smaller divisions have left, left less history and they need to build the history it needs almost like five to seven years so that we know these people like wow we've we've seen even though they're not the champion we've seen him go through you know murder's row we've seen him like buckle down we've seen we need a bunch of fighters to do that so it means something that demetrius johnson beat them fair enough i'll listen to your argument i'll take it in that being said different sides of the fiddle here absolutely arguably the greatest fighter on the planet. But right now, I think that's Daniel Cormier. I think Daniel Cormier, pound pound for pound, is the best fighter on the planet right now. I think he is... You think he's able to beat... You think? Do you think he'll beat John Jones? Um, well... Right now, as yes. you look at it... Yes, if, if, if the John yes. Jones that uh, fought uh, OSP shows up, yes, I think Daniel Cormier wins that fight. Okay, a division with murder. And murderers. once again, you have to look also, at who Daniel beat to get there, too. Yes, for sure. I completely Absolutely. agree. Anthony Rubble Johnson. Not twice. just not at only heavyweight, that, either, but at heavyweight. Broke. Yeah, Anderson's, uh, I mean, uh, Bigfoot Silva. Uh, look what he, yeah. has anybody ever done to Josh Barnett what he did to him? Ever. Nope, I believe we talked about that, actually. Him throwing him well up in the air and, you know... Doing what he wanted with him. He outstruck. But moving on, UFC on Fox uh, 24. Okay, we can move on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Also on the card, speaking of Murderer's Row, the middleweight division, I'm going to skip over the Rosanami Yunus fight. It was great if you want to talk about it after we can, but the Murderer's Row, the middleweight division, you know, easily the top five guys, any one of them could be a champion in that division. A lot of people thought Jacare should be next in line for a title shot. Obviously, after Yoel Romero, one of these other guys, Gegard Mousasi, is there as well. But, oh my God, Robert Whitaker absolutely putting it to Jacare Souza. 
Were you surprised by this? Were you... Did, did you think Robert Whitaker was going to be able to get it done? Because I know in the MMA Sucka staff picks that um, a bunch of the guys did on the website, maybe one out of eight of us picked Whitaker to win this fight. It comes down to can he defend those, and it's not the first takedown, it's the first three. And it's the same thing that happened in the Romero fight. Um, once you've stuffed up to three of Jacare's takedowns, you have the fight. It's 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 MMA math. I know it doesn't always work, but for this, if you can stuff a few of his takedowns he, mentally, he starts to break. I feel, and then you got him. So I, once that once that happened, once he was able to stuff his, up to three takedowns, I pretty much thought Whitaker was going to take the fight, and I was rooting for Riddick, Whitaker. Were you? Yeah. Now, obviously, that places I go for the underdog. Well I like the, the underdog. Division. Yeah, for sure. I do too. I do too. That pushes him well up there in the division, not knocking on the title's door yet. But with the fact that that division has so many contenders, does it really push Jacare that far out of the mix? Not the way that division looks, but that's every division right now. And I mean, it's, and you, the best. Remember when Dana White said the best fight the best, and that's why people watch the UFC? We make the fights happen that people yeah. want to see. It's just a Wild West show right now. I couldn't tell you what fight would be next in any division. Well, that's true. <laughs> Other than the fact that we know that George St. Pierre, as you said, he's coming back. He's taking on the champ of that division, Michael Bisping. Pictures came out of him earlier this week. And... uh Looks like he's the heaviest he's ever been. A lot of those photos look like they were photoshopped. Look like a massive belly on the guy. Did you have a chance to see these photos? Yeah, I think he was having some fun. That's that's my take on it. I watched the videos. <laughs> Even the way he was moving when he was hitting the pads during the photo shoot, he was like pushing his gut out. And I mean, he was moving at like what looked like slow-mo. So I, I don't know. It's he, he, He's George. I don't know. I think they're just having some fun. What do you, What is your take on it? He, I don't know. Initially, I thought they looked fake. Um, and then, you know, the photos themselves look sort of faked. The video doesn't look like his stomach's as big as any of those photos make it out to be. But yeah, he's obviously having fun with it. You know he's got to put on some mass in order to compete in the middleweight division. He's going to have to you know, put on a few extra pounds at least. And uh, otherwise, Bisping's just going to be way bigger than him. So he's got to put on weight. Um, I'm not thinking it's in the stomach area. I think he's put on the mass and he's got those abs that are going to push out. So he could look like Chuck Liddell. This you never the, know. This but. is the one thing I know is um, I'm somebody that uh, prides himself on always being fit. Um, I can stick out my, I can, I can flex and make myself look like a million dollars. And I can also push out my stomach and make myself look like I have a pregnant alien baby. <laughs> so you think he was the latter? Yes, I think he's just pushing out his stomach for the photo. You can, I, I can, I can. When we're finished recording the show, if you'd like, I'll send you my before and after. Like I could do that. No <laughs> I have the photo. I have the photo pulled up on my screen right now, and yeah, no, easy. That's just, there you that's, go. that's him. There just, you go. That's it. Him pull it, pushing out his gut. He's still. How's this? Even pushing out his gut, doing that, he's going to be quite a bit smaller 
than uh, Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping is a big human. That he is. He is. It's yeah. It'll be interesting to see how uh, the size matches up during the weigh-ins and all that other kind of stuff. I mean, we're not going to dig into that too deep now. I just wanted to talk about the photos, but it'll definitely be interesting. Have you? you I know who you're picking. I, you're picking Bisping on that one, all right? I know you have this uh, thing for Bisping. No, you know what? It, it's going to come down to. Um, I, I I as of right now, if I had to pick right this very second, I think I'd pick George. Just because he's George, um, but leading up to the fight, I'd have to see more. I'd have to see, you know, their open workouts and their weigh-ins and all that kind of stuff, just to sort of get a better picture of things. But as of right now, my pick would be George. Yours would be the same, yeah. Oh yeah, correct. I think uh, I think George has us handily. I think it's going to go a five-round decision easily, like easy, easy. Um, so this past week, you know, as we said, we took the week off. Uh, it was the premiere of the Ultimate Fighter, the new season, uh, redemption season with a lot of previous contestants. Uh, James Krause, who is already on the UFC roster, is on the show. Some previous uh, winners of the show are on the show. And TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt, our coaches, have gotten into the war of words already. Did you catch uh, Cody the grabbed first TJ's episode? throat. I did catch the first episode, and that's where I was going to go with you on this one. Are you still a fan of Tough? Did you watch the first episode? Have you given up on this series? What's your take on The Ultimate Fighter? Well, I have to be honest. Uh, I gave up on Tough um, when it was Rashad Evans versus Rampage. Uh, Then, oddly enough, I was stuck in a hotel room, and there was nothing on. So I watched season one, episode one, or season, what is it? Season I don't know, 54, uh, episode one. <laughs> and I, I did catch the, the face grab. And I was shocked that right out of the gate, they went that fast. And then to, with a face grab, you have already, you've, you've let anything you've learned in the gym go. Like you already, you're street thug. You're, you're face grabbing. Oh, like yeah. every, everything you well, have he's got trained for Come in your on. life, there is not <laughs> one technique that your coaches over the years have ever taught you where it starts off with face grab. No, that's that's for sure. And it made Cody Garbrandt look like that much more of a douche. I know a lot of people were on Garbrandt's side because TJ left the camp and all that other kind of stuff, but I guarantee you after that first episode... A lot of people are changing their tune. TJ Dillashaw is going to be their new favorite fighter in that fight. Um, I, I don't know where I sit there, uh, but I do feel that TJ with the full, you know, I don't know how it all goes down. I don't know how good of friends any of them truly are. I don't know how the contracts are, how much the gym takes from TJ, all the, you know, the, the logistics of all of that. But um, when it comes down to somebody like uh, an elite fighter, not just TJ, any fighter, I think they have to do what they need to do for their career. If you look at George, George did his jiu-jitsu at, uh, at, in, in New York. Um, he did some training yeah. down in uh, Albuquerque. He did uh, a lot of training up in Montreal. He moved. He moved with different bodies. He learned different techniques. He did different things. So I feel all champions should do that. I think all fighters should do that. I know you have to start somewhere and you get a a camaraderie with your team. But if you want to get better, 
uh, steel sharpens steel. You got to get out there. You got to train with other bodies and other people. And I had no problem with what TJ did. Like I said, I don't know the, the business side of it. Maybe there was something there that was shady. That's not for me to say. But I just mean from a fighter's point of view, I think you should be allowed to move around and train with other people, learn different techniques uh, to become a better fighter, a better, well-rounded fighter. That's just my opinion. I agree. Um, most people out there, if you're a fan of soccer or you've listened to me in the past, I'm a giant Uriah Faber fan, probably one of my favorite fighters on the planet Earth. Um, big team alpha male fan. And I sort of take it as, you know, TJ left the camp to go train with someone who was a negative energy in their gym already. I understand guys going and cross training and all that kind of stuff, but usually it's not with people that your camp sees as an enemy in itself. So that's sort of where I see it being, um, a black cloud on team alpha male, but to each their own. I mean, TJ said he was upset. He cried when he was asked to leave the gym and all that other kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for your own career. And if that's moving to train with the best trainer that you think is out there, then fuck, go do it, man. Agreed. <laughs> Plain and simple. So, um, you know, go ahead. Yeah, go on. No, go ahead. Why didn't you want to talk about uh, no, Rose, I, Rose and um, Michelle? Did you say why didn't I? Yeah, you, you skipped over Michelle and uh, Rose. I just skipped over it. I, I, I guess, yeah, we can go back to it for sure. Definitely. I thought Rose had a, a beautiful performance. Um, her stand-up game has always been pretty damn good. Uh and her jiu-jitsu game has been through the roof uh, even better than her stand-up game, despite her training, you know, her Pat Barry, her fiancé or boyfriend or whatever the hell he is, having, you know, the stand-up in Muay Thai and kickboxing background. She's had that from the get-go, but her jiu-jitsu game is something that a lot of people sleep on, and, man, sleeping is what Michelle Watterson did. Uh, impressive performance. Absolutely. Um, Very. Just, yeah, just impressive. Uh, she, when she was on the, sh on the show, she was touted as the, as the girl that should win. And it was shocking when she didn't. And then, you know, I think her performance since then has, has been nothing but phenomenal. I, I see big things for her move, moving forward. Does a game like that, um, pose uh, some threats sort of that, you know, Joanna Jacek hasn't seen before? Uh, no, no. I think she's in it. I think uh, Rose is going to do well. But, I mean, I don't know if she's... I think she needs a couple more fights before she gets there. I think she just... Um, just to hone her skills a little bit better. Uh, I think there's a there'll be a big power difference there, in my opinion. All right, moving forward... Well, sort of backwards, actually. Uh, it was announced in an interview that Dana White did that they turned down a $5 billion offer in favor of the WME-IMG uh, deal that they signed for just over $4 billion. Now, Dave, I got I to gotta ask you this. Does 
$1 billion really make that much of a difference? I, I was actually listening to your guys' show. I went on a walk with the dog yesterday, yes, with my sore ankle. I still walk the dog. Um, on a walk with the dog, and I listened to one of your shows. I'm not sure which one of the two it was, but I know you guys were talking about money and all that other kind of stuff, and when it gets to the billions, it's just a press of the button. So do you think that that extra billion dollars would have made any difference to the UFC, Dana White, the rest of the brass? It wouldn't have made a difference to the Fatitas, in my opinion. Because, um, like like I said, it's not like there's a billion dollars that somebody can hand over to you. It's just a bunch of digital information on a computer that says you have this money. Uh, it would have meant something to Dana. That's for sure. Because if he made, let's say he made, you know, I, I have no idea the number he made. Like let's say it's 150 million, he would have made probably, you know, 175 million. So, I meant something. To him. Yeah. It would have meant something to Dana White. It would have meant something to some of the low level people. They get bonuses. They got bonused out on their shares of the company. You know, there, there probably was something along the lines of, uh, in the place in place like that. It would have made something. Uh, would have made a big deal to the that prince, that prince guy that he bought some money, bought his way in. But to the Fatidas, so you think that absolutely not? Yeah. So for Dana White and what he has, um, it's not just a press of the button. He actually sees money, whereas yep. uh, those guys, whatever, they've got enough money in their bank accounts that it doesn't matter, anyways. But you know what? I, I if you're if you're if you're talking to me right now and you're like, hey, look, you got you got a deal over here. You're gonna get 150 million. You got a deal over here. You're gonna get 170 million. There's a reason why they took the 150 million deal over the 170 million deal. You know, there there had to have been some sort of weird stipulation, some weirdness going on, or they would have went for the better bigger deal. That's how life works. So, well, and we don't know who that bigger deal exactly. is, Exactly. Right? There uh, had to be Dana something says, shady, D- something about it. Exactly. So it, it, the yeah. the 150 was probably a safer 150. So if you were to, you know what I mean, it's like it's like going to a, a website that's reputable in comparison to a website that isn't. You might get a virus. I'll take the 150 without the virus, please. <laughs> Definitely. You know, I we kept bouncing back to UFC on Fox 24. I got one more question for you about that card. Ally Aquinta finished Diego Sanchez very quickly, very easily. Um, basically took his head off, you know, finished him. Uh, didn't win performance of the night. What were your thoughts on that? Did you think that, uh, he should have earned it or what? I mean, the guy, holy crap, he went all over his Twitter and all that kind of stuff, told the UFC to fuck off and whatnot. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Do you think he deserves Actually, you know what? That wasn't even UFC on Fox 24. That was UFC fight night 108. Jesus Christ. I'm behind the ball. But yeah, what did you think of his comments? Did you think that they were, you know, I think it's somebody garnered? that's trying to get out of his that, contract. To be honest, I think it's right? somebody that that's that, exactly what I thought. He doesn't want to fight for the UFC. He doesn't anymore. want to fight for the UFC anymore. I think he he can still make money as a fighter. I think he can make a little bit more bit money based on sponsorship and things like that. I think he has his real estate license. So if he goes over to Bellator, he can even push his real estate thing through MMA, which he cannot do at the UFC. Um, I think there's probably a an easier path if he were to go to Bellator. You know what I mean? He's a mid-card fighter. He's not going to be champion. I highly doubt it. Go over to Bellator, make some money, make bigger money on smaller fights. 
That's kind of how I'd look at look at it for him, um, and and get some sponsorship dollars. You know, you're on Spike TV. Yeah. That's Viacom. I know they're changing the name. They're changing something up coming moving forward. But still, that's Viacom. It's not going away. They have more money than anybody. They're like, I don't know. I, I can't p- think of a proper analogy, but they're fine. They have an, they, the, the billions of dollars that we were talking about that are digitally on, on hard drives somewhere hidden away on mainframes. Well, they have multiple mainframes just to hold the amount of money that fucking Viacom <laughs> has. Yeah, they definitely do. I can't believe, you know, I went back to UFC on Fox 24. I can, that's how, just how many fucking fight cards there are for the UFC these days. I, compl- I thought that was this past weekend. I completely forgot about the UFC Fight Night 108, which was Cub Swanson defeating Artem Lovbov. Why did I forget that? Because this was a fight... Yes, Cub Swanson looked great. Yes, he did what he had to do to win. But he should have beat this guy in the very first round. I can't believe Artem Lobov made it the the entire 25 minutes. It was phenomenal. Just took a beating. Just He just, did. He took a beating, but he should have been forward. finished. I don't know why. Yeah. He just, I don't know if it was just the heart. I don't know. A Cub should have taken him down and just subbed him. Got it over with. I don't know. Yeah, man. But the, it, it there was, was I think it was, it was crazy. Uh, I think uh, 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 it was the I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't remember if it was a left or a right, and then threw threw it, uh, threw a kick, and then Cub did a little dance. Yeah, at the that end. was sick. It was like fuck. He come almost was like fuck yeah. How'd that feel, bitch? Exactly. Like, wow. Wow. Anyways, that was uh, I was watching that and hockey simultaneously in a hotel room. Yeah, I think, you know, that fight actually did a lot more for Artem Lovov than it did for Cub Swanson, to be honest with you. No, I mean, Cub should have finished could him. Hang with... Exactly, for sure. And Lobov, if you look at his exhibition fights and everything else, he actually has a losing record. He's like 12 and 13. Oh, Jesus. But he got a main event just because he's... he freaking... main evented... Because he's Connor's boy. He's Conor McGregor's friend. He main evented a freaking UFC fight night card because he's friends with Conor McGregor. I want a superstar as a best friend. <laughs> right? I consider you a superstar, Dave. I consider you a superstar. Well, well that's fine. That doesn't do me any favors. So who who, who no. do I need? <laughs> who do I need as a superstar hey, as a best friend? <laughs> your friends... Very good friends with the guy who has a fight coming up. I believe you're heading down to it. Jason Ellis is one of your very good friends. He's quite the superstar in his own right. Uh, yeah, he's doing he's he's doing well for himself. I'm excited for him. He's got a uh, fight coming up on uh, May 6th. Cage, King of the Cage. He is fighting, and I have to pull that up. He is fighting. He's fighting an Oompa Loompa. Yeah, the guy's pretty little. I, I actually saw the poster today, and I, I find it funny that they made them look the same size. Yeah, perspective is funny that way, right? Um, is it ever? <laughs> I, uh, and that being said, uh, he has... Jason has fought one MMA fight in his life, and he, he was victorious, yet um, one. So what Jason is walking into this fight with is nerves. He's trained a lot. He's got good hands. He's heavy-handed. Um, he's got really good hips. He's athletic. And he's driven. Um, unfortunately, he's also old. He's 45. 
But the guy he's fighting isn't exactly a spring chicken. But I do believe he has 40 MMA fights. So, Holy shit. So he's not going to be nervous. He's weathered. He, yeah, holy shit. 40 MMA fights, that's pretty, that's quite a few Gabriel fights, man. Gabriel Rivas, um, Rivas. Hmm. But at the same time, he could have, you know, the chin of a guy who has 40 fights as well. I, I'm hoping. <laughs> I, I know. I know how I want this fight to go. I know who I want to win, so I'm hoping those 40 fights, he is, um, he was once a sharp knife that has now been uh, ground down on stone and is like a um, a butter knife at this stage and then just gets easily um, dismantled by Jason Ellis, my friend. That's my, my perfect scenario. And you'll be in attendance for this fight? I will not. I unfortunately double booked and uh, my significant other, Swayze, um had booked a surf trip for us to Tofino on the same day. So when I told her that I was going to LA to watch a fight, um, the look on her face was uh, humorous, to (laughs) say the least. Since she had spoken about this trip to Tofino and surfing with um, uh, a group of uh, other couples for quite some time, but the date just escaped me, obviously. This uh, this is a common occurrence in our uh, relationship, unfortunately, for me. I think it's the common occurrence in any relationship that has uh, gone on for longer than, hey, a year. Yes, it's common. Yes. (laughs) All right. We're just about 40 minutes deep here. Not a heck of a lot else to talk about. Dave, anything else you want to touch on before we uh, let these lovely listeners go? Uh, no, I'm all good as far as MMA. Don't forget to check out uh, The Voice Boy Show on Sirius XM channel 103 every Saturday, 8 p.m. PST, uh, as well I have a podcast that's available on iTunes, This Boy's Life. Check that out. Um, and uh, that's about it. Yeah. Check out MMASucker.com. Make sure you check out us on Twitter, Facebook, all that other jazz, at MMASucker. Uh, no UFC this weekend, no Bellator this weekend, but if you're in for some mixed martial arts action, local promotion, Battlefield Fight League 48 goes down this weekend, this Saturday night from the Coquitlam Hard Rock Casino. Are we going if to you're that? not in the lower mainland, I am not. Oh. I'm going to be out of town. You can go to it if you want. <laughs> Are we credited? I guess but I am going to be out of town. Unfortunately, but BFL 49 and BFL 50 are coming up in June and July, two weeks apart from each other. We'll definitely be going to those ones. June 10th. If you are not in the lower mainland, ever- go on. Uh, a good friend of mine, Mike Jasper, will be on that card in Medicine Hat. Nice. Ju- ju- uh, June 10th. I think nice. I will be going to that. There you go. So if you're not in the Lower Mainland, you want to check out BFL 48, which goes down on Saturday night, you can watch the pay-per-view at bflppv.com. It's like 10 bucks. You get something like 18 fights for 10 bucks. How can you go wrong? Local action, support the local guys, and they've got this new pay-per-view model where if you order the pay-per-view, you choose a fighter you want to support from a drop-down menu, and those guys get 100% of the pay-per-view portion. So if... 40 guys buy the pay-per-view for the, from that one fighter. He'll get like, what, 400 bucks. Not too shabby. Good deal. Very good deal. That does it for this episode of the Suck a Voice Radio Hour. 
Check us out next week. We will not be on hiatus. We will be back next week. And I promise you a bloody theme song. Beep. Boom. That's where the theme song would go at the end. Just there. Just like that.